Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Well, good morning, Valley Point Church. How are you doing today? I hope you had a great time celebrating our nation's birthday on Thursday. I hope you didn't do anything you weren't supposed to do. But you had a great time, right? My name is Gus Sareka. I am not Eric Kohler. <laughs> Our lead pastor, Eric Kohler, is on vacation today. All week, actually. But you know the old saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> Staff uses that all the time when Eric's away. So we're going to have a good time today. We are going to continue our series, Reclaiming Sacred Words. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you a new sacred word today. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. And then we're going to have some individuals come up, and they're going to share their opportunity and their story about this sacred word as well. So we're going to have a fun time. So sit back, relax, and... uh, Let's see what God has for us, okay? Our sacred word today is this. Martoreo. Martoreo. That is a Greek word. Now, I have trouble with English. I don't know any Greek whatsoever. The only Greek I know is a fella by the name of Nikos. And if you ever want to have a deep conversation, get to know Nikos and have a conversation with Nikos. Very smart guy. That's the only Greek I know. Martyreo is a Greek word. And it's a Greek word because the New Testament was written in Greek. The New Testament was actually comprised between 50 and 100 AD, and it was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And that, that was our Bible. That was our Bible until around... 382. About 382, it was translated into Latin. As Christianity moved into Roman territory, they, uh, Jerome translated the entire Bible into Latin. So we had the Latin Bible for almost a thousand years. And then it wasn't until 1380, right around that time period, that John Wycliffe translated the Latin Bible into English, into English. And so translations have been taking place all throughout history. That's the major points of those translations. We have different English translations that we use today. And John Wycliffe, the person, very smart guy, very religious, loved the Lord, translated the Bible from Latin into English. There's actually now a mission, a foundation, an organization called John Wycliffe Translators. They are stationed down in Orlando, Florida, and they translate Bibles even today. As a matter of fact, there's a young fellow by the name of David Barnum. He grew up in this church. He works for John Wycliffe Translators as a missionary. It's very interesting. So I have some translation facts that they put together I want to share with you today. I thought these were very interesting. These are the worldwide status of Bible translation. 
more than 1,500 languages have access to the New Testament and some portions of Scripture in their language. More than 650 languages have the complete translated Bible. At least 7,000 spoken or assigned languages are known to be in use today. At least 1.5 billion people do not have the full Bible in their language. That's more than the entire continent, people in Africa. That's a lot of people that don't have a Bible translated in their language. Can you imagine not having a Bible translated in our language? More than 2,500 languages across 170 countries have active translation and linguistic development work happening right now. As a matter of fact, John Wycliffe, translators, actually just completed four different translations just in May of different languages around the world that did not have a copy of the Bible. Approximately 2,000 languages still need a Bible translation project to begin. Interesting, interesting. I found that interesting. They may be boring facts for you. So let's get back to our Greek word, martyreo, martyreo. Translated into English, it actually means to testify, to testify. This word is actually written in the New Testament 72 times, martyreo, martyreo. We are going to look at a passage of scripture where it, it, it's written, and it's in 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to read through verses 1 through 4. So if you have your Bible today or your device, we'll have the scripture up on the screen, and we're going to take a look at this passage of scripture. Last week, actually, Eric was in 1 John. He talked through and, and explained to us 1 John chapter 9. John was actually written by John, the beloved John. There's actually two primary Johns in Scripture, John the Baptist and John the Beloved. John the Beloved was one of the disciples. He was actually part of the inner circle of Jesus that was really, really close to him, and that's why they call him John the Beloved. He actually wrote four books in the New Testament, John, which is one of the Gospels, and then 1 John, 2 John, and Third John as well. There may be some other books that we're not sure who the author was that he may have written, but we know that he wrote those four. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, and follow along as I read. He says this, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify, Martureo, and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. And we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. John was testifying of Jesus Christ. 
It's very interesting because that verse 3, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. That is actually the verse that the people that started this church used as their life verse. That was the verse that they used. So John here is testifying about Jesus Christ. Here's our big idea for today. Our big idea is this. The evidence for Christ is to testify of a changed life. What evidence do we have that Christ existed? What evidence do we have that Christ is real? We haven't seen him or touched him. We may have heard him if we read scripture or prayed to him. We may have heard him, but we've never seen him or or touched him the way John did. What evidence is there that Jesus Christ is real. There's really only two things. One is the Bible. Scripture is evidence that Jesus Christ is real. And not only is he real, but as John says here, he is the word of life. He says here that he is the one who is eternal life. Scripture tells us that. But there's something else that is evidence and it's very strong evidence, and it's my evidence, and it's your evidence. Evidence of Christ is to testify of a changed life. If Christ has touched your life, if Christ has, has changed your life, you hold one of the very precious things that there is, the evidence that Christ existed and that he's real and that he can change us so what i would like to do today is i would like to teach you and show you how to share that evidence and how to frame that evidence and make your own story and it's yours it's personal it's personal and the way we do that is by asking ourselves three questions so these are, our, these are our talking notes for today. We're going to look at three questions. And I would really like for you to answer these questions. Answer these questions as you think about the evidence that you hold of Christ and how you have an opportunity to testify of a changed life. This is an opportunity for us to refine our story to make sure that we actually can write it out and be able to share it. Because, you know, we have evidence. If we have evidence and we don't agree to testify, what good is the evidence? It doesn't help the court case at all. If we have evidence and we don't take the opportunity to share that evidence with someone, it's all for naught. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So let's answer these three questions. Number one, what was your life like before Christ? What was my life like before Christ? What was it like? What was it like? And think about this. Think of your view of God. Think of your view of Christ. Think of your view of church. All those things. What, what, were you, what was your... Um, thinking process about those things. 
What were your priorities? What was your purpose in life before Christ? Think about these things. Now, I don't necessarily expect you to answer all of these questions today, but I want you to start thinking about it. Start jotting down some notes as you answer these questions. Number one, what was your life like before Christ? And number two, what events led me to Christ? Was there a stirring in your heart? That's how it was for me. It was a stirring in my heart. I had everything, but I knew something was missing. What were the events in your life? Was it an individual that shared something with you? Maybe invited you to church? What was it? What was it? When did you first hear about the gospel or about Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection? What were the events that led me to Christ. That's number two. And here's the thing about these questions. They're your answer. There's no wrong answer. Everyone has a different answer. But thinking through this helps you to understand the life change that has occurred within you. Question number three. How is my life different since Christ? How is your life different now that you are a Christ follower? Think about how your relationship with Christ is changing your character, changing your behavior, how he's changing your passions, how he's changing your purpose in life. Think through those three questions. They're the only three questions you have to answer to be able to testify martyreo about Christ is by answering those three questions. We have baptisms two or three times a year, and we ask people to write their story down, and basically it's answering these three questions. There's no wrong answer. They're your answers. It's personal. It's personal. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite three individuals up here they're going to share their answer to these three questions and how Christ has made a difference. And they want to testify of the evidence of Christ by their changed life. So I'm going to ask Marisa Small to come up and Jack Hooper to come up and Wayne Salty to come up. I'm picking them out of the audience. They didn't know I was going to ask them today. They just happen to be wearing microphones today. So let's give them a nice round of applause. Oh my goodness. You guys, you guys don't realize how hard this is. This takes a lot of courage to come up here. As you can tell, I'm nervous, right? And so we know we're all nervous, but that's okay. We're gonna talk about uh, our answer to these questions, all right? So first of all, I'm gonna ask Wayne. Wayne actually just flew in from Hawaii last night I know. I feel the same way. That's ridiculous. <laughs> actually, Wayne and his wife, Colleen, were actually married in this church about 30 years ago. Yes. About 30 years ago. So, Wayne, let's answer that first question. Um, what was your life like before Christ? All right. First of all, <laughs> my body's telling me it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, if I mess up my words more than usual, this is, that's why. So, I wrote everything down. Um, 
See, I've already have to find my notes, so I'm already <laughs> messing up. Um, Nothing like jet lag. Knowing now that we're all born with sin nature from birth, um, I feel like it explains like the first 20 some years of my life. I think I was rebellious from birth. And uh, I think I tried to prove it every day to my parents. Um, they, they would drag me to church from the time I was five or six, and sometimes it was preceded with a spanking to get me out the door. But I got there, and uh, you know, they were trying to guide me in the right way, and they, you know, parents always do the best they can uh, if they love their children. And um, I, I remember in junior church, you know, I asked the Lord at that point, I was probably about 11, uh, to be, be my Savior, and, and I later got baptized, but I felt like I just did it because my friends were doing it, my brother did it. You know, it wasn't a real thing. I mean, it was kind of real, but not in my heart. It was more in my mind. And as a teen, uh, it was, I, led, I led a pretty crazy life. I think I gave my mom and dad a lot of gray hairs at that point. And um, I always, I've always been working since I was young, since I was about 13, and I always had this work hard, play harder kind of attitude, which caused a lot of problems. I definitely wasn't living the life a Christian should live. But despite, despite my stupid self, the Lord had plans for my life, and I could feel him guiding me. Um, I just hadn't, didn't realize what it was. Um, he wasn't the center focus of my life. He was just more like a safety net to catch me when I fall. Mm, very good. Very good. So what were some of the events that led up to Christ? Um, like Gus said, he, he, you know, he was there. I could see his working in my life, and I had been blessed by the Lord. I, like Gus said, I, I got married here at the church 30-some years ago now. Um, I, had a, I have a wonderful wife. I have two great kids. Now I have two, a great son-in-law and a great daughter-in-law and a grandson. So the Lord was really blessing me through the time. But I had that empty feeling. I was kind of living for myself. I kind of centered always on myself, thinking I can do it all. I've been doing it all since I was a little kid, taking care of myself, not really expecting anybody to ever give me anything. Uh, but I felt this thing missing in my life. And around 2003, I'm in that vicinity, um, they did a series here at the church, and it was like uh, they were talking about how to hold on to your possessions loosely. Don't put too much emphasis on yourself. Um, then they started doing the purpose-driven life, and it really got me thinking. And uh, I kind of like said, you know what? It, it, it's all about me. It's not about the Lord, and I got I to be better than that. Um, so then I really started praying and soul-searching, and then... I made a true commitment to the Lord and asked the Lord to come into my life and really start working on me. Um, and then I got baptized back in the old building there uh, uh, for real this time, not because my friends or my brother did it. Um, I, I kind of remember, especially since my daughter Elise was there, uh, she was, she, you know, and uh, Jordan was down in nursery probably, but Elise was there and she witnessed me getting baptized. And I feel like that was the starting point of my real life, and that's mm -hmm. what led up to it. That's great. That's great. So just share with us a few things that have changed since Christ. Um, first of all, don't be fooled. I'm not sitting up here because I'm some perfect Christian, that's for sure. I'm just trying to figure it out just like everybody else. But uh, I, I, I know my sins are forgiven. I know I'm, I'm rock solid knowing I'm going to go to heaven when I'm done down here on this earth. 
Um, I, I've, I fully try to focus that, put my focus on him and not myself. Um, I trust God for everything, not me. I used to live my life like, it's all me, it's all me, I can push my way through it, I can do it all, blah, 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 blah. But uh, the Lord's really changed me in the perspective of knowing that keep him centered and first in my life, and the other stuff kind of falls in the line. Mm -hmm. And it's changed my perspective and changed the way I think about things. Mm -hmm. And just uh, knowing that he's there always, not just my safety net, but also that he's the one that's the center point of my life. Um, but because of me being myself and having the makeup that I have, um, I have it written on my arm that God increases and I decrease mm -hmm. from John 3.30. And that's like my daily reminder that, you know, it's not about me, it's about God, and i got to always keep that focus. That's good. Well, thanks for sharing that, Wayne. I appreciate that. Let's give Wayne a nice loud round of applause. <laughs> the evidence for Christ is to testify of a changed life. Next, we're going to talk to Jack. Jack is actually <laughs> going to be a junior at Garner Valley High School. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really appreciate Jack being up here today. Jack's a fantastic guy. He serves in our Kid Point ministry. He served all week at VBS. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate Jack. So let me ask you this question, Jack. Um, what was your life like before Christ? Uh, well, before Christ, um, like, I still went to church. I went to St. Thomas Church down uh, the road a little bit in Valley Brook. Um, I guess I didn't really believe that much. I just kind of like went there because it was every Sunday. I, I wanted to make sure my parents were happy with me <laughs> and everything. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, I went there every Sunday. Um, I was a little shy in my youth. Um, I was like a little kid. I didn't really have a lot of friends. <laughs> um, and I guess um, I never really believed in Christ because I never really uh, saw him there for me. Um, and I never really uh, got the chance to, like, uh, really truly pray to him, listen to him. And um, there was nothing really um, missing from me. Like, my, my, pur my purpose was to make my family happy mm -hmm. and uh, to make them smile every day, mm -hmm. give them a good laugh or so. <laughs> um, and uh, I always wanted to be there for them, and I feel mm -hmm. like that's what gave my life meaning. That's good. That's yeah. good. So what were some of the events that led you? to Christ? Uh, so eventually, my parents were like, um, we, they wanted to try out a new church. They wanted to try out Valley Point when it was still uh, at the middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and we went over there. Uh, I was sent to Kid Point, and I was like, what the heck? I don't even know these guys. <laughs> I, like, um, I don't know these guys. Um, and I was introduced to Dan McKinnis, uh, one of the pastors here. Uh, I was a really energetic guy. Um, He's like some sort of energy bull over there. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, so um, we, we had a good time. Um, I learned a lot. And I, I was like, I don't want to leave this place. It's like, mm -hmm. this, this, this is it. Like, mm -hmm. this, this is the church I'm going to go to. Um, mm -hmm. And I kept going and going. My faith deepened a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, then I eventually got into the auditorium where uh, Eric was leading the, the masses. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, and so I kept learning, my spirit deepened, and eventually uh, I went to On Point, um, 
a group of uh, like high school students mm -hmm. um, got together every Sunday night. And then we went to Big Stuff. It was a summer trip. Um, down there, I believe it like truly mm -hmm. attained, like I, uh, I like trusted Christ alone mm -hmm. to save me. And cool. uh, I got baptized down there in the ocean water mm -hmm. in Florida. And I feel like my heart just soared, yeah. yeah that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Thanks, guys. that's great. So, so Jack, share with us some things that have changed in your life since Christ. Well, uh, I am proud to say I have made a lot of friends now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, um, and uh, I really uh, became like a guy who really wanted to meet other people. Mm -hmm. Like I really wanted to get to know my community with and um, get to know more people, get to meet more friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I became a lot um, more involved in uh, mm -hmm. Valley Point. Uh, like I said, I uh, volunteered. Mm -hmm. um, and I always, um, now, I feel like I have a purpose to make others happy, mm -hmm. not just my family. I just yeah. gotta, I gotta keep on smiling for mm -hmm. all those around me. And uh, I feel like that's like one of the greatest things you can do for someone, like awesome. uh, make someone smile mm -hmm. and such. And I feel like that's a, one of the things that God put me on this earth to do, and I'm gonna go do that. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. Jack. That's great. That's great. So you, you young people in the audience and, and listening on Facebook Live, um, the evidence for Christ is for you to testify of a changed life. Be bold, be courageous, the way Jack was. Thanks, Jack. So, Marisa, how are you doing down there? Good. I'm sitting here a long time. <laughs> I'm good. So, so, Marisa and I have a lot in common. Her and her husband, Jeff, have five boys. So, she stays busy. Uh, I, am, I have four brothers. So, she has a lot in common with my mom. So, Marisa also volunteers here at Valley Point. She's on the First Impressions team, and she worked real hard uh, at VBS all week long, so we appreciate that. So, Marisa, why don't you answer that first question for us? What was your life like before Christ? Well, I was raised in a very large Catholic family. I had five siblings. I have wonderful parents. Um, I attended the traditional Sunday Mass and made my confirmation and my communion. Um, I was always praying to God because that's what I was taught to do, but I always felt like I was missing a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I was always asking and searching for my purpose in life and my purpose on this earth. And I always had an intense um, curiosity to find out from God what my existence was. So then there were some events that led you to Christ. Yes. And forgive me for reading. <laughs> it's okay. I read too. <laughs> my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was a very young child. And I remember reaching out to God at that time, praying to him, to searching for his soul in connection with me, begging him to please not take her away. Mm -hmm. She was very sick and very ill. And like I said before, there were six of us. I felt connected to God as I was praying to him. And by some form of miracles, he still has her here and she's been here for over 30 years. Great. I later entered my early teens and felt times of sadness, extreme depression, darkness, 
rebellion, and uncertainty in why I was put on this earth. My parents sought help for me as they feared me for questioning my existence as I stopped eating and chose not to live anymore. I was sent away to places which were supposed to be professional facilities to help me deal with my severe depression. Instead, I was abused, medicated, lied to, and treated to in ways I choose not to remember. Through the pain and horror, I felt and connected somehow and reached out to God. I immediately became surrounded by safer people, people who tried their very best to protect me, guide me, and they prayed with me. I felt that God put more people in my life and protected me in ways I could never fully put into words. God from then on has led me in a journey to recovery from depression. I no longer count on, count on self-help, I count on God's help, and he has been my rock, my guide, and my continually counselor and guiding my life. That's good, that's great. So Marissa, why don't you share with us also some things that have changed since Christ. With Christ, my life is a gift. It's a blessing and a never-ending challenge. With Christ, I try my best not to question why things happen, but how and what can I do with what I've been going through? How can I reach out and help others? With Christ, I was able to attend college and create my degree and complete my degree in social work and move on to graduate school to become a clinical social worker and therapist. I somehow found great purpose and compassion in hearing people's stories of struggle, pain, and hardships. Mm. With Christ, I found an amazing husband with incredible patience, guidance, and an incredible trusting heart mm. who, through his hard work, I'm able to stay home and raise my five sons. Mm. With Christ, I have five sons. <laughs> Christ guides me daily with prayer and wisdom while facing the challenges of um, raising them, my five most challenges yet. <laughs> With Christ, I've been able to overcome several miscarriages and mm. several losses in my life. Christ has given me the guidance and the um, strength with putting people in my life to get through all those struggles. With Christ, I was led to an amazing church. My pediatrician told me about this church. Mm. Valley Point has done so much for me, from the little K, from the on point, um, from all the different things they have here for children. If you're new to the church or seeking a church to raise your children with Christ in their hearts, they've done an amazing job with my children. I could never do it on my own. Real Women has blessed me with amazing ladies who have encouraged me through sharing their stories, and I've been richly blessed by ladies who send me daily scripture who get me through even the darkest of times today. My list of how Christ has changed in my life is very, very long. I'm very, very blessed. I have a dear friend, Isabel, who passed away a few years ago, who I took care of. She had cancer, who told me that God is your steel toolbox. Fill it with scripture, family, and friends who lift you higher, and I've tried my very best to do that. I also know that being a Christian is the greatest of gifts, but not easy. I often embrace Maya Angelou's poem titled, I Am a Christian, and I'd like to read that to you now. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not shouting, I'm clean living. I'm whispering I was lost, now I'm found and forgiven. When I say I am a Christian, I don't speak of this with pride. I'm confessing, I'm confessing that I stumble and need Christ to be my guide. Mm. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm professing that I'm weak and I need a strength to carry on. Mm. When I say I'm a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting I have failed 
and I need God to clean up my mess. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are far too visible, but God believes I'm worth it. When I say I am a Christian, I feel the sting of pain. I have my share of heartaches, heartaches, so I call upon his name. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not holier than thou. I'm just a simple sinner who receives God's grace somehow. Thank you, Mercy. Thank you. So as you can see, the evidence for Christ is to testify of a changed life. And if Christ has touched your life, answer those three questions. Answer those three questions. Put your story together and make sure you're ready to share that and to testify for him. Sometimes God uses some difficult events in, in our lives to draw us closer to him. Sometimes it's not difficult things. Sometimes it's just beautiful things. But there are things that God has done in your life personally. Try to remember that and jot them down and answer those three questions. There's a verse I want to leave you with. It's 1 Peter 3. 15. And this is what it says. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And the way you do that is by answering those three questions. Those three questions. This is what I would like for you to do. I would love to see your answers. My email address is gus at valleypointchurch.com. If you would be brave and bold enough to fill out those answers, you don't have to share them publicly like these three courageous people, but send them to me. I would love to get more evidence for Christ. I would love to have your story strengthen my faith. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which is strong, strong evidence. We know, Lord, that your word is quicker and sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that it's powerful and it can change us. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to answer these questions. What was my life like before Christ? What were the events that led me to Christ? And what has changed since Christ is in my life? Father, I pray that we, as a faith community, would be able to testify martyreo for you here at Garner Valley. And not only here at Garner Valley, but around the world, around the world. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give these three folks a nice round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Thanks for listening. 
If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.